On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Monday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, I'll say it, uh, to those of you out there with a special someone. I hope you enjoyed the day. Uh, For me, it's just another day. It's a hockey day. It's a sports day. Uh, We're ready to break down the uh, NHL card on a Monday. we got four games on tap. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith back with us uh, after the weekend. Uh, Alex, just uh, want to mention, you lost a good friend of yours over the weekend who passed away. We send our sympathies. The whole Ice Guys family of viewers and listeners, I'm sure, does the same as well. Uh, Obviously, it wasn't the easiest of weekends for you, but we're happy to have you on the show with us today. How are things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been been a tough weekend, you know, losing a friend in the last couple of days. And uh, the reason I'm on a cell phone right now is because I just tried to turn my computer on and it's not working. So this has been uh, this has not been that great of a weekend. But but happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there and glad to be back on the show. And we only got a few games to talk about, but a couple of interesting matchups tonight. Yep. Congrats. We won't belabor the point about the Super Bowl much, but uh, just congrats to the Rams. It was a thrilling finish. It was it was a pretty good game. You know, it wasn't an all-time epic or classic or anything like that, but it was a solid football game. It had a nice, yeah. you know, thrilling conclusion. The game was in the balance right till the end. So congrats to Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, and the entire LA Rams team. Uh, I can tell you this right now. There's no other bad beat of the night when it comes to props for anybody, myself included, than Odell Beckham over receptions and receiving yards, which he was going to get, I think, both of those props before he got injured. Uh, in that game uh, last night and now we're finding out torn ACL but unfortunate turn of events Um, yesterday there was a small amount of games that obviously Montreal loses again wash rinse repeat uh, and he saw that Uh, Pittsburgh uh, gets past New Jersey Uh, Ottawa huge upset beating Washington in a tough spot give them credit yesterday uh, for that and Colorado uh, take no prisoners and they uh, definitely uh, took care of business decisively against Dallas shutting out the stars at home uh, yesterday so a uh, very uh interesting sunday's plate before we get into today's card big trade uh the last hour uh that was announced tyler to foley uh on his way to the calgary flames uh, in exchange for a package of picks and prospects going towards montreal uh, montreal is going to get a first round pick a fifth round pick tyler pitlick and the guy they really wanted uh defenseman uh, Emil heineman a swedish defenseman uh they really wanted him to be part of that deal uh, and he it was indeed uh, part of that uh, deal that sent Tyler to Foley to the Calgary Flames. So it's obviously a deal for the future, for the long term, for the Montreal Canadiens, because that's pretty much where they are right now, uh, rebuilding this franchise once again. Uh, and that's definitely what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton, those two guys, GM and president, are looking to do uh, with this team. And for the Calgary Flames, who are really red hot right now and playing some terrific hockey, it gives them a guy – it's got offensive potential 
who knows how to score goals and contribute offensively, playoff pedigree, playoff experience, Stanley Cup experience, all of that you get with Tyler Toffoli. Now, it's been an up-and-down year for him uh, in Montreal, but name one Montreal player that after having a great year last year has had a great year this year. You can't name too many. So uh, a change of scenery and going to a very good hockey team uh, like Calgary uh, at the moment should be a benefit to Tyler Toffoli, and it would not surprise me to see him do very well uh, there with the Flames. Alex, uh, some thoughts on that trade? Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting. We've seen Tyler DeFoley kind of become an offensive mercenary of sorts over the last few years. He's kind of bounced around with teams, and but that's, that's kind of his role. He gives some, some injects some offense into to a lineup, and obviously, uh, you know, being back with Sutter, kind of a reunion of the old, uh, you know, with LA Kings teams that won a cup in 2012. So I, I think it's a, it's a good move uh, for Calgary. And honestly, you know, pieces going back uh, with Montreal, obviously, like I said, they you know, full rebuild at this point now and, and kind of geared up for the future. So, see what they can do with those picks and so forth moving forward. All right. Heinemann, a left winger, by the way, not a defenseman. I don't know why I said thought that, but yeah, he's a left winger and that's the guy they really wanted Montreal uh, in exchange for Toffoli in that trade with the uh, Calgary Flames. So apparently they got the guy, the, the, the prospect they wanted the most in, in a potential deal. Uh, they got the guy they wanted in uh, Emil Heinemann, the left winger. So uh, again, we'll see if he can uh, make inroads and make that impact for the Canadian down the road. Uh, we have Jimmy Murphy with us, at least via audio today. It's been, he's been swamped uh, the last, I would say week to 10 days with writing with so many uh, duties on a daily basis for various websites, but happy to have him back with us on a Monday. Uh, Jimmy, how are you? And uh, obviously the big trade, Tyler Toffoli to the flames and boy, all of a sudden Calgary making moves and uh, not many teams playing better than them at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll stay with the Calgary side. I think this helps them tremendously. Obviously Toffoli has a, a strong bond with head coach Daryl Sutter from their time in LA. So he knows him well there. Uh, I think I was all, I was also hearing today that he played juniors with Sean Moynihan used to be on the line with him as well. So this could be some chemistry reignited there. Uh, yeah, it's a great move for Calgary in the sense that look, I mean, you know, as long as this is a guy that they truly believe can come in and give them the scoring depth they needed and is, is worth the first round pick there, then yeah, why not get ahead of the pack right now? I mean, I, I, I was wondering if we were going to see teams get this far ahead of the deadline and start to make bold moves like this because so many teams are up against it with the salary cap, but Calgary had the flexibility to do it. So a great job by Brad Treliving to do that. And on the Montreal side, I mean, we all knew he, he was, you know, Toffoli was on the block there. He's going to be the first of many. I think Ben Chirot by the end of this week, if not sooner, will not be a Montreal Canadian anymore. I think he should be on it. In fact, I'm hearing that he could be a Calgary flame as well. There was talk that from a lot of sources I had that, this could have turned into a bigger deal that would have involved Sherrod as well and also would have netted the Canadians, the 2021 first-round pick, Coronado, um, the Flames there. But that part of the deal fell through. Who knows? Maybe it's still alive. So keep an eye on Sherrod as this week goes on. I, I think, you know, the gates are open now. The floodgates have opened. I think we're going to see some more deals. It's just interesting to see how teams will manage uh, around the cap because so many teams are up against it right now. But Montreal achieved what they wanted there. They got a first-round pick. They got a solid prospect. And, you know, they take on Tyler Pitlick, but he's not much money, and he's going to be a free agent this summer. So it really doesn't matter there. So uh, I think it's a great move for both sides. 
There we go. And sometimes those are the best trades where you can see benefit uh, for both teams. I can see Alex is just having a, a, a barrel of fun right now, trying to with that operating on the phone right now instead of the uh, computer. Computer, by <laughs> yeah. the way, you could can't script this shit with Alex. Uh, the laptop basically failed him right before the show. Black screen of death, as I call it. B sod, B S O D. Yeah. Uh, black screen of death. That's never a good sign uh, when you see that uh, on your laptop screen. It's just that black screen with boot. And you see the word boot uh, on a black screen. That's trouble. Uh, anytime you're operating a desktop or a laptop computer, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, and it's trying to run diagnostic testing now. So I don't know if hopefully it'll get back to life at some point. So see what happens. Your laptop's in surgery right now. Yeah, basically. It's it's getting operated on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just when we don't want it to. Uh, that right. always picks that time to do it. Uh, as you heard, we have Andrew with us now as well, Andrew McGinnis. And yes, your Habs in the news here with the big trade. Yeah, at least the Habs are in the news for different reasons than they usually are uh, today. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Hey, hey, hey I, I like what Jimmy said there about, um, you know, Calgary kind of getting ahead of it. Uh, because as we know, the deadlines are coming up and, Everyone's kind of starting to create these rumors and you can, you know, look at different blogs and Twitter accounts, people tweeting out their predictions and stuff, what's going to happen. But it's kind of nice when you see teams not wait till the day of, you know, or the last final minute um, to see Calgary kind of get out of the head. And uh, to Jimmy's point about uh, Sean Monaghan, yeah, it, it actually, I just saw some quotes and I, I don't even, could have even been Jimmy that tweeted it, honestly, um, or somebody else, but about Monaghan kind of like looking up to, uh, to Foley. So that's kind of cool. Like when you hear a hockey player say that about another player or any athlete, it's kind of cool. To, and, and it kind of humbles, you know, them um, saying that, you know, I kind of looked up to this guy and our juniors together and now I get a chance to play with them. Uh, apparently Milan Lucic and Toffoli were hanging out last week during the uh, all-star break. So that's pretty cool. It sounds like he'll fit in really well as a Habs fan. Personally, I really liked um, him and his wife both, you know, embraced the city very well. They were, uh, you know, it seemed like they were nothing but great. So obviously Defoe did a lot for the team during the playoff run. And, uh, you know, I can't argue it. Um, you know, I, I'm one of the guys that never really wants to cheer for the team to lose and get picks. Um, luckily, I don't really have to cheer much for it because it just keeps happening. But uh, people keep saying, you know, don't you want your team to lose to get draft picks? Well, no, I kind of just want what just happened to get draft picks. You know, be smart, try and plan for the future. And, we already have a really great prospect pool. So future's bright, I think. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Montreal is doing what they need to do, and that's rebuild, replenish uh, the drafts, uh, the prospect pool, uh, get some draft picks, look toward the long term. Uh, that's what Kent Hughes was brought in to do. That's what Jeff Gordon was brought in to do. Uh, and we'll see how the Marty St. Louis uh, head coaching experiment goes for the rest of the year. Uh, it's been a tough start, but look, now you're starting to see what Dominic Ducharme had to work with. Uh, as well in Montreal all year and Marty St. Louis, the same thing. So it's not going to be an overnight fix uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, speaking of fixes, let's give you your betting fix for a Monday. Uh, we got four games. Let's start with, uh, of course, first game on the card, Detroit Red Wings, Minnesota Wild. We've got Minnesota minus 225 home favorites, six the total here uh, in this game. Uh, you've got the Red Wings. Uh, look, they're playing some decent hockey. Don't, don't get me wrong. Four and two in their last six games. But you look at the victories, uh, two of those against Philly, one against Anaheim. They did have a nice win against Pittsburgh, uh, 3-2 before the All-Star break in a shootout. Uh, the other win was against Buffalo in their last 10 games. So other than the Pittsburgh game, a lot of weak opponents they've played. They're obviously taking a massive step up in class here tonight uh, against the Minnesota Wild, 8-2 and in their last 10 games. Solid 3-2 to victory against a good Carolina team. 
Uh, we talked on Saturday, our special guest, Jake Hahn, and uh, Vito was with us on the Saturday show. We said Minnesota situationally, it was a good spot for them. They had a lot of rest, a lot of days off. Carolina had played a lot of games last week. Could the Wild take advantage of that? They did uh, in that 3-2 win against the Hurricanes on Saturday night. Solid win for the Wild. Uh, they continue to just play very well at, on home ice. No surprise there. Uh, Detroit's been trending over the total, three straight. You know, they've scored uh, three, six, and four in the last three games. They've scored 13 goals in the last three games combined. Uh, they gave up two goals to the Flyers in their win, 4-2, on Saturday. Uh, but before that, they gave up uh, three to Philly, five to L.A., seven to Toronto, eight to Chicago, four to Nashville, five to Dallas. I mean, you kind of catch my drift, right, when they play some better teams and teams that can score the go- score goals in bunches. That The defense and the goaltending, not nearly as good. Uh, for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. I like the over here. It's six. It's, again, Minnesota at home. Uh, I'm always interested in the over, especially if you get a five and a half or a six, which is the case here. Uh, still 15 and four to the over this season. Uh, the Minnesota Wild on home ice. It's a trend that's been very good. Did come up short Saturday night. Uh, it was one nothing going into the third, and then the floodgates opened, but not quite enough to uh, get the full game over. It just fell short with the five. Uh, total goals in that game. But I think Detroit will chip in a little bit offensively here. You look at the way Larkin, among others, are playing with Lucas Raymond as well, stepping up for this team offensively of late. It's been good to see. Minnesota should get 3-4, I would say minimum. And I think he can get, because Detroit, by the way, after a win, they're averaging nearly five goals per game this year in games following a win, like 4.8 goals per game allowance for the Red Wings after a win. Uh, so that's not really a not good, good point now against <laughs> Minnesota and that offense at home tonight. So I think Minnesota probably gets four or five. Uh, you get at least a couple from Detroit, and there's your over. So I like Red Wings wild over six. Alex, what do you think here, Detroit, Minnesota? Yeah, I like this full game over, but I love the first period over. That's something we've been seeing cashing as well with uh, the wild eight of the last ten games going over in that first period. I think they're going to get off to a, a faster start. Like I said, they're, things are kind of slow for the first 35 minutes of play with that game against uh, Carolina, but then, like I said, went back and forth. I think we're going to see a, a quicker start against the, like I said, a Wings team that defensively has not done well against the top-tier team. So I like the first period over, and I like the full game over. All right, double up time. First period over, full game over for Alex B. Smith with Red Wings and Wild. Uh, Jimmy, Detroit, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Minnesota team total over, and I'm also going to take the over for the game here. It's a team total wild over three and a half here, which you can get at minus 130, and also that full game uh, over six. Andrew, Red Wings wild. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you look at the slate today here, guys. Not really a pretty one. You know, lots of favorites, um, lots of teams that you'd expect to win by margin a little bit here. Um, and we'll find out, you know, where the landmine is uh, in, in the uh, – you know, in the batch here, I guess, uh, which one will be the one that gets spoiled a little bit here. Uh, but what I'm going to do with this one is I'm going to parlay a two-teamer here with the Minnesota Wild um, and the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets together in a two-teamer um, to get that into a decent price there. You could actually, it depends on where you shop around, you can get that actually into a plus price at some places. Uh, here, let me just confirm what you can get for that. Um, yeah, plus 120. So... Minnesota and uh, Winnipeg, two teams. Look, the thing is about Detroit, like you mentioned, is that they've got great prospects. They've got a really youthful team. Some of the older players have played well too. But sometimes when they enter spots like this, playing a solid team like Minnesota, they're on the road. 
Um, Minnesota puts up goals big time. They've got a you know a goaltender that's kind of gotten together recently. And you mentioned it. That stat that you mentioned about Detroit, that next game for them, the amount of goals they allow, they don't want to trade goals with Minnesota. And I'm afraid they won't be able to do that. So I really think that if – you know, that's why I like Jimmy's team total as well. I think if you, know, if you like the over in this game, let's be honest, we're all expecting you know, Minnesota to do the, the bulk of the scoring in that over. So, uh, But I'll just stick with the, uh, the two-teamers, though. Hopefully Alex's Blackhawks don't ruin it for me. <laughs> there we go. And speaking of uh, Blackhawks, uh, they are uh, coming up next year on our uh, schedule. So there you go. Minnesota, Winnipeg, Moneyline Parlay for Andrew. And we moved to Chicago and Winnipeg. We got Winnipeg minus 165 home favorites, uh, five and a half being the total in this one. I am on the Jets in regulation here. Uh, it's just a straight a single bet here on this uh, with the uh, Jets. I was impressed with Winnipeg the other night, although Nashville kind of said, hey, we don't want to win this game. We'll just take a bunch of penalties. Here you go, Winnipeg. <laughs> That's exactly what happened Saturday night. Predators just uh, were very undisciplined. They took way too many penalties. Uh, Winnipeg was on the power play eight times in that 5-2 win over Nashville, and they connected three times with the man advantage uh, in that game. It's just a recipe for losing and a recipe for disaster if you're Nashville uh, just taking that many penalties. And the Jets still do have weapons on the power play that can burn you when you're talking uh, Shifley, Connor, Dubois, uh, among others. And they certainly did that uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Winnipeg, I've been impressed with their play after the All-Star break. A chance to hit the reset button. This was a team that was struggling. And you see this on a lot of occasions every year in the NHL. Teams that were struggling going into the All-Star break they hit the reset button. They play well coming out of the break. Teams that were rolling going into the all-star break kind of go in the other direction. Maybe they struggle coming out of the break. That's kind of what we're seeing here with Winnipeg. They could easily be 3-0 and coming out of the all-star break. They lost to Dallas in overtime, 4-3, a winnable game for them. They beat Minnesota 2-0 at home, and of course they upset Nashville 5-2. So I like what we're seeing from the Jets. They've withstood, managed to withstand still a couple defensemen out, uh, Neil Pionk and uh, Nathan Beaulieu and Logan Stanley, although Pionk actually uh, downgraded to out. Uh, he's in COVID uh, protocol. Logan Stanley, though, will come back. So it's basically still two starting defensemen out, but now Stanley and Pionk out uh, for the Jets tonight. And Ehlers approaching a return, but it won't be tonight uh, in this one. As far as the Blackhawks go, uh, you look at their situation and still obviously playing without Jonathan Taves. Uh, among others, uh, and uh, a Chicago team that uh, last game against uh, St. Louis, they get uh, pretty much uh, buried in that one, five to one uh, in that game, losing to the Blues, uh, getting outshot 31 to 16. It was a very good defensive game for uh, St. Louis. They just put the clamps down uh, on the Blackhawks. They did beat Edmonton 4 1 in Edmonton before that, the very final game behind the bench for Dave Tippett before he got dismissed. Uh, but Edmonton kind of you know, prior to that firing was not playing great. There are two games. Remember, they got blasted by Vegas as well. So I think Chicago more of a beneficiary of circumstance there. Uh, they're probably going to be up against it here. And I, like I said, I like Winnipeg here in regulation. You'll get a better price there on that closer to even money uh, in this one. As far as the total goes, it's gone down from six to five and a half uh, in this game. Hellebuck has uh, played very well. Uh, no question about that. It is worth noting the uh, over's gone 2-1-1 one, one, uh, in the last uh, four head-to-head -head meetings, but a lot of these totals were 6.5-6. Six six. This is only 5.5, so you do get a bit of an adjustment here. So I'm kind of leaning over, but it's not an overly strong uh, opinion there. Alex, uh, Blackhawks, Jets. 
Yeah, I'm not looking at the over here either, even though it's a five and a half. And, you know, the Hawks, their offense is just drying up to the point where you can't really rely on them to get you a couple of goals here. And the same thing with Winnipeg. I mean, Winnipeg, think better offensive team, but when they play Chicago, it's usually a more physical affair. We tend to see, like I said, the only time we get those overs is, is when we're seeing a lot of power play chances. And that was a you know better Hawks offense we're talking about in the last couple of, of, of years. So this is one I would probably just stay away from altogether. I don't think the Hawks are going to do enough here to get the win. So Winnipeg and regulation does make sense, but it's not an official play for me. All right, just to lean to Winnipeg in regulation. I stuck with my guns with Winnipeg because I took them against Dallas. They lost in overtime. That was kind of disappointing. And even with the tough spot, I said, boy, Nashville laying minus 210 tonight against this team. And I took a small shot on Winnipeg plus 180. So I stuck with them Saturday night against the Preds and definitely got rewarded for that, which was great to see. Andrew, what do you think here? Chicago, Winnipeg. Well, you know, like I mentioned, that two-teamer, right? But I I just don't like the price, you know. Um, I think... you know, the value would kind of tell you that right now at this point, if you're a money line player, you it'd be Blackhawks or pass, I think. But, you know, regulation options, like you said, Alex. And then, you know, we've got uh, the two teamer I mentioned with the Wild and the Jets. I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't I don't think the Jets deserve to be this big of favorites. Would you agree with that, Alex? Like, I mean, minus 165 for what they've proven this season. And this yeah. is coming from a guy that has them in a two teamer. <laughs> I'm not trying to like, you know, smack talk the team I bet on, but like, you know your your Hawks have been have been known to upset a little bit, and I don't think that the Jets are should be plus minus one sixty five. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think there is a bit of an inflated price with with that number, but at the same time, you know, the the Hawks current form, the, the up and down of there, it, it's more related to them. It's not so much that this is a, a, a endorsement of Winnipeg exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the way we see it. That's why I like the regulation. I mean, there's no way I'd lay minus 165 with uh, Winnipeg. Although I like the direction. I like the trajectory of the team game overall uh, since the break. The break really has seemed to revitalize this team. I think they want to make a push to get into the playoffs. I think coming into the year, they thought they were a good enough team to be in the playoffs. They've got a good forward group. I think their defense is good enough when they're all healthy. And remember, this is a team that added Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon two veteran defensemen on the blue line in the offseason that were really supposed to bolster the depth on the Jets' defense. And so they think their blue line's better. They obviously believe they've got one of the better goalies in the league in Connor Hellebuck, who's played a lot better since the All-Star break. So I can see why they're saying, you know what? Let's go on a run here. Let's let's pull up the bootstraps here, and let's play some good hockey coming out of the break, and let's let's see if we can't get back into this thing here uh, in terms of playoff positioning. That's the kind of... uh, play we've seen here from the uh winnipeg jets really uh since the all-star break where they played a little bit better all right next up and and and, and i've heard you say it before too ian as kyle connor goes they go yeah and right now he's playing pretty well it is it's amazing how you know he went through a little swoon there oh we just lost ian i think ian is, is so quick with his uh with his uh mouse he's clicking all <laughs> kinds of different things trying to change games around and yeah. uh, he's a hard worker for us, but uh, I think he accidentally just booted himself out. It's, just, and... it's, one, it's one of those days, technically, clearly. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Post Super Bowl, I think we're all a little bit on edge, maybe a little bit tired. <laughs> and you got your laptop, and uh, yeah, so. so we're all going through some different stuff there. But there we go. I think we got Ian back. All right, uh, just to disappeared. I hit the wrong button. That was me. Actually, I closed the oh. wrong. I closed the window of the that the show. 
on my yeah, computer. So that that, that happened to me. That happened to me three times already. So yeah, yeah that's all right. <laughs> Once in a while, a slip of the trigger finger, if you will. But yeah, you're right. Kyle uh, Kyle Connor's been better lately. No question about that. I still think Andrew Cop shots on goal. Keep betting that because mm. he's getting more of a look now. Uh, it's still something I would consider here as far as uh, shots on goal. And right now, Shifley, Dubois, and Connor goal scorer props for Winnipeg. You can't go wrong with any of those three guys right now. They're starting to uh, get things going a bit for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. No question uh, about it. All right, next game, Toronto Maple Leafs at the Seattle Kraken. Uh, we've got Toronto minus 185 when the line opened. It's now minus 240 in a lot of spots here as road favorites. Six the total uh, in this one between the uh, Leafs and the uh, Kraken. Uh, this line when it opened, I because I hopped on it right away, and it was the... Um, it, it was the... Um, regulation for the Leafs and that was at the time you know minus 130 or so it's already gone up to minus 145 uh, that regulation price but I still like it at minus 145 here it's obviously a spot look teams that don't look past the Seattle Kraken and are ready to bring it against them should get the job done and look you can't fault Toronto against Vancouver that was a theft of two points from Thatcher Demko just amazing. 52 uh, shots on goal. Uh, he faced amazing performance in net. That's now two losses in a row. But he had one game where the goalie stood on his head and stole the game, Vancouver. And the other loss was against a team that's just, you know, red hot at the moment, the Calgary Flames. So you really can't give Toronto too much grief, too much, you know, hassle for losing these back-to-back games. This is probably the spot where they respond here uh, against the uh, Seattle Kraken. Just don't know if Seattle... Seattle, by the way, for all the talk that I thought they'd be tough to beat at home, they're only 9-17, and 17, you know, on home ice this I, year. I've been saying the same thing, Ian. I was like, I, I've, I've been saying, oh, yeah, well, they're better at home. And then I was like, why do I keep saying that? <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. They really haven't been. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, they played hard at home, but in terms of getting wins, uh, it just hasn't been there. They're 0-4 their last four games off a win. And they actually did beat Anaheim uh, in their last game on Friday night. But that was a game where Anaheim had a long layoff. And we'll get to a team that's on an extremely long layoff in the final game coming up. Those teams have had a rough time uh, on these long layoffs. St. Louis against New Jersey. Look at how bad they were on a long layoff. Look at Anaheim uh, against Seattle Friday night. Very long layoff. Played terribly uh, in that game. And Seattle took advantage of that. Uh, but they got to play. They're going to face what should be a very, you know, business-like, workman-like Leaf team, uh, and that takes care of business tonight. So I like Toronto and Reg. No, not going to overcomplicate it. I like Toronto and regulation here, uh, minus one forty-five. Uh, like I said, they've lost their last four games off a win, Seattle. So that tells you they can't withstand prosperity or string wins together. And they're actually one and seven. Their last eight as home underdogs. So there you go. Better team coming into their building is beating them you know, more often than not. So uh, for me, it's Leafs and regulation. And you know what else it is? It's Mitch Marner over shots. You know, we're just going to keep going with that uh, at this point in time. Uh, he's been a, a shooting uh, wizard. Uh, we've talked about this. They told him to shoot the puck more a couple weeks ago. And ever since then, he's been scoring goals and he's been shooting the puck a lot more. We're finally seeing an adjustment, at least in the VIG, with the shots on goal on Mitch Marner. It's still two and a half. But now you got to lay minus 160, minus 170 uh, in a lot of spots. But as far as I'm concerned, that's juice worth laying until proven otherwise. 
Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Leafs cracking. Yeah, uh, nothing on, on this game. If anything, I would look toward the over potentially. Like I said, I think Toronto could come out and have a strong showing. And like I said, Seattle has has been inconsistent all year. Uh, it's the awful win one in seven uh, in their last eight. So this is definitely seems like a, be a good spot to back the Maple Leafs. But even regulation is not that great of a price. So uh, maybe I'll lean with the total. Maybe look for something in game. Oh, you know what I'm going to throw into because I, uh, as well as a leaf bet, and the second leaf bet for me is going to be that first period puck line, uh, minus a half plus one twenty five. Uh, Sheldon Keith said after the game, I loved our game for like the last two periods, late first period, and for the rest of the game, I loved the way we played, but I didn't like our start. We spotted Vancouver a two nothing lead in the first ten minutes. Uh, we we just uncharacteristic mismanagement of the puck, and it cost us. It ended up in the back of our net in the first 10 minutes. So he said, I still didn't like our start, and we've had issues with the starts at times lately. Not, you know, especially a couple weeks ago, but they had ironed out those bad starts, but they had another one against uh, Vancouver Saturday. So I think the onus tonight, from what it sounded like, was better start, better first 20 minutes, especially better first 10 minutes yeah. for the Leafs tonight. So that first period puck line plus 125 might be worth a look too on Toronto here. Andrew, Leafs and Kraken. Well, yeah, I mean, they, uh, they've done a good job of bouncing back, especially when the coach calls for it. They have done a good job of those first period, and it kind of sets up for it against the Seattle team. Uh, that's still, look, they're no walk in the park. They can play upside a little bit, or they can at least make you, um, you know, have to have to sweat a little bit, but this is a, a good spot for them after two tough games uh, against two good teams. And then a, a Thatcher Demko uh, that was just a brick wall the other night. And that's what, one thing I always say is that um, you always see on, on, on Twitter now, people posting the moneypuck.com deserve to win meter. And to me, it makes me laugh because, it's not applicable in every single instance. Sometimes hockey is hockey. Having possession and taking shots from the outside or, you know, having running into a hot goaltender, it is what it is. But in that game in particular, you have to realize how great the Leafs played in that third period to not even win the game. Guys, I had, a, I had an alternative over. I know it's going to sound weird. I had an alternative over of five and a half in that game for a parlay I had and needed six goals. They had the offside called off <laughs> in that game. Uh, for the empty net goals, so that one kind of sucked. But that game should have had so many different goals in that third period. And, and Thatcher played really well. Um, we've got a Seattle team. They're one in seven, their last eight games as a home underdog. And they are five and 16, or excuse me, four and 11 in the last 15 games as an underdog in general. This team does well against teams of their own skill level, close to their own record. Uh, the bet that I've locked in is that team total over three and a half minus one thirty thirty five uh, for the least. I think they get to four. Um, I, I think they can put up some numbers here tonight. Wouldn't uh, talk anybody off that first period pick that Ian's recommending there, especially because you can get a good price with those first periods. As far as that Marner play goes, I just wanted to say how funny it is sometimes. And he, Al, Alex talked about it with the sports with the uh, first period totals. Um, when you do what we do every day and, and we talk here on the ice guys all the time, um, it's funny to watch in real time, how long it takes for the odds makers Ian to adjust to some of this stuff. And that's what their job literally is because for how many games do we get Mariner at minus minus one ten, And then it was 20, then 30. And then now we're all the way up to here. So it's just funny. Um, I hope people aren't just jumping on it now. I hope they were able to cash in uh, early on. Yeah, the team total certainly an option. Yeah, at, uh, over three and a half on uh, Toronto. The f- 
I will say this, uh, by the way, the Leaf power play has been outstanding. The last month, they're uh, converting at the second best power play conversion rate. Uh, the last month, Seattle 24th, a penalty kill uh, over the last. So it's a huge advantage. I mean, that power play of the Leafs versus Kraken better not take penalties tonight. That Because it certainly looks like based on the numbers uh, over the last uh, few months that, uh, you know, the, the, or the last month or so, that the Leaf power play owns a huge edge over the Seattle penalty kill and vice versa too the Leafs penalty kill still been pretty good overall and the Kraken are uh, one of the worst power play teams in the NHL so uh, definitely could be a special teams war the Leafs win on both sides their power play over the Kraken penalty kill and the Leaf penalty kill against the Kraken power play uh, they probably hold the edge in both of those so this game I would actually maybe consider over 6-2 just because of the Jack Campbell trend He's in net tonight, Philip Grubauer for Seattle. I think six or seven straight Campbell starts have gone over, believe it or not, going into this game. So he's been on a little bit of an over streak with his starts. And, you know, you would expect Toronto's going to find their offense here. All the goals that could have went in, should have went in uh, against Vancouver are probably going to uh, go in tonight. Uh, the question is, can Seattle maybe find the back of the net a few times as well? Potentially, because again, Campbell's kind of had a, a bit more of a struggle lately. I think some of it too is the play in front of him that, Maybe not as sharp either, but he hasn't been as sharp. And again, that Campbell trend, I believe, is six or seven straight Jack Campbell starts over the total. So that's something to keep an eye on here tonight going into this game. So the full game over, I'd probably consider a few bucks on that uh, as well. All right, so we're down to uh, one game left. I mean, we've got seg- signal issues. We've got laptop issues. We got everything today for you right here That's on the That's a good thing it's a four-game slate, eh? <laughs> it is, exactly. I mean, it is. You know, Pets' heads are falling off, you know, like the East Ventura line. So, yeah, I mean, we got everything going on right now. But um, uh, still, the show must go on, as we say. Welcome to the uh, the blessing and the curse of doing things live, right? And that's uh, what we're seeing right now here uh, with the uh, show and uh, out, like I say, uh, bad connection for uh, Alex uh, and or bad laptop issues for Alex and bad connection issues for Jimmy. Uh, let's see what we got here in the final game. Edmonton, San Jose. We've got the Oilers uh, minus 155, minus 160 now as road favorites. And they open minus 135 uh, in this game. Uh, the total six uh, shaded to the over uh, here in this one. I'm already on Edmonton. I think this is a ride team. Right now, with the coaching, I know it's just one game with Jay Woodcroft, and the first period was not good. They needed every bit of Mike Smith being excellent to get out of that first period against the Islanders, up one nothing. Um, but he was good. It was the best. It was the best game Kyle, uh, Mike Smith's played in a long time. And in the second and third period, about as good a team defensive effort as I've seen from the Oilers in a long time. Now it was against the Islanders. We know that team has issues putting the puck in the net. We know that. Uh, but still, you give Edmonton credit. Their structure defensively as a team was better uh, in that game, especially in the last two periods, than it's been uh, at any time recently. They get the win over the Islanders in Jay Woodcroft's coaching debut behind the bench. Uh, we'll see if they carry that over. I like that they've got a couple days of practice now with the new coach uh, under their belt prior to flying out to San Jose for this game. They played Friday. Now they're playing tonight, so a couple days to get themselves even more acclimated with their new head coach. Meanwhile, you look at San Jose, they weren't playing well going into the break one and five. And you always say in their last six games before the break, and you always say that sometimes you like to bet on a team when they were struggling going into the break, coming out of the break, but not when it's a two week layoff like this. And we have seen repeated examples of teams with extended time off struggling. St. Louis gets blitzed by New Jersey seven to four. 
Look at Anaheim off yeah. the long layoff against Seattle. They lost to the Kraken. Sloppy. Gibson not great uh, in that uh, in that game uh, either. Evander Kane against his old team parted ways with him. Yeah, Evander Kane to score a goal has to be a consideration tonight. Just has to be when you look at the situation here. Playing his old mates, the team that cut him loose. Uh, I think you're going to end up seeing uh, him be extremely motivated. It's a plus 165 prop uh, on the goal score prop in some places, plus 175, even higher. Uh, even one book has plus 200, but good prices there for Kane to score a goal. His shots on goal is three and a half uh, going into this game tonight. Uh, you might be able to uh, go uh, hit that as well. And keep in mind, you know, when you look at the Oilers and their situation with the way they're divvying up the lines right now, uh, going into this uh, game, Evander Kane, they're going to give him ap- ample opportunities to get pucks on net. Dreisaitl is deferring a lot more. You know, he's not shooting as much because he's playing with Evander Kane. I can pass him the puck, maybe see mm. him score some goals. So I think it's going to be good news in terms of Evander Kane getting more chances, more shots on goal. Uh, you look at the last few games uh, with the uh, Oilers, you know, he has had uh, five or six shots on goal two of the last three games. All the other games, he's had three. But I think tonight, facing his old team, three and a half shots, he's going to need four to cash that prop. But I think Dreisaitl, who centers his line, is going to look to him, put him in positions to score, and at least fire the puck on net, knowing that, hey, he's facing his former team. Let's get this guy his, his cake you know, yeah. tonight, that kind of thing. So uh, I like the overshots, too, on Kane tonight, three and a half uh, over that number. Uh, I like the uh, Kane goal score prop, and I like Edmonton here. I took the money line minus one forty-five. It's up a bit, maybe regulation. You'd look at and consider now, uh, but I'm actually going to still actually, for the official show recommendation, go full game money line rather than a regulation line here at minus one sixty uh, in this game. I don't do that very often, uh, but I'm going to do that here in this game. And for what it's worth, whether it was Aiden Hill or James Reimer, the goaltending from San Jose was not very sharp either. Uh, going into the all-star break. So that's also no. something that concerns you. And again, two weeks, two week layoff, February 1st was their last game. This has been a big detriment to teams coming out of the break with this long a period of time off. We'll see if it negatively hurts the San Jose Sharks just as much tonight. Andrew, what do you think here, Edmonton, San Jose? Yeah, well, the funny thing is um, I was checking out at covers.com and the, uh, the extended rest has been really good for the Sharks for like a long time. But if you look at some of the games those have come against, it's not against teams with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and company. And it's not uh, it's two against, freaking weeks off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, and it's not two weeks <laughs> off. It's three days. Yeah, exactly. I got a funny feeling here, Ian. I'm going to say this. I, I'm not trying to – I don't want to jinx anybody that has the prop there for, for Kane, but I've been thinking about this all day. I got a funny feeling that he might get like five shots on goal, but no goals. I just have that weird feeling that everybody and their brother are going to line up and take him to score tonight in the revenge game, and he'll get like six shots on goal and no and no dice. I hope he does. I still might get a piece of it, um, but I'm what I'm trying to say is I definitely recommend if you're playing the score, the goal scoring prop, definitely take the shots on goal prop too. I'm right there with you, Ian, on that. Um, San Jose, I just don't trust their defense, especially off uh, that layover. You can't replicate gameplay. The line is perfect the way it is. I think it's it was made correctly here. Um, and I, I think, you know, let me ask you, who, who do you think is the most live dog here tonight? Because I ask that sometimes to you guys, and then sometimes it's like, ah, uh, who is it? Sunday, wow. there were some live, excuse me, was it Sunday or? Yeah, yesterday. 
Jeez, it feels like a weird 24 hours. But yesterday, there were actually some live dogs. A couple of days ago, there were some live dogs. But today, I'm trying to figure out who the live dog is. I really am. Uh, I really, really it am. feels like it. I, I would actually, even though I'm on Winnipeg and regulation, I'd say Chicago's probably got the best chance. Yeah. To pull the upset tonight, I just don't. I don't. I just don't see Seattle beating Toronto tonight because I think the Leafs are. Uh, uh, Santos Edmonton is sketchy as fuck. Sometimes we know but they that. just can't lose to, to the Sharks. Like I mean, I mean, we always say must win doesn't mean will win, and and you have said that a lot to me before. But there's just I I don't know. Like it would have to be such a strong game from San Jose for them. They'd have to score four goals tonight to win the game. I think. I just like their team game both ends of the ice against the Islanders. It was a sturdy mm-hmm. and sharp and, and focused yeah. and no mistakes. No, no miscues with the puck defensively. It was as good as they have played in a while. And the first game under Woodcroft, it was a good sign. You also are facing a, like I said, a struggling netminder, James Reimer, one and four uh, with a 3.53 goals against average and nine Oh four save percentage in his last uh, five starts. So, and he really hasn't played well since you go all the way back to the Christmas break. And that is when the struggle started for uh, James Reimer and Nets. So, uh, like I say, Edmonton's a go-with team for me. Uh, this is one of those situations where you have to make your own assumptions. Not all coaching changes result in an uptick. Look at yeah. Montreal. Look at Philly, for example. Uh, there's co- teams that they don't get that boost from the coaching change. You've got to make your own decisions. And I always say, team by team, it's a different case. And I decided with Edmonton go before the Islander game and knowing like they play in the Islanders, they're playing the Sharks, they're playing some beat, playing some games that are winnable in the first few games uh, under their new head coach. I just thought that, you know, they would have be in a position to step up, play a little bit better, maybe go on a bit of a winning streak under the new coach. So far, so good. And I took them against the Islanders. It was my best bet Friday uh, on the ice guys, Edmonton. Uh, lay on the price against the Islanders. And I said, if they win against the Islanders, we're going to come back and take them the next game as well. And so that's essentially what I'm doing here. Well, and they have been playing good hockey. They have been. So, and and that was a good game. Like the question is really though, and I'm not saying this to dismiss your point, but the Islanders just haven't really been playing great hockey either. No, but I still think it was a good team game. No doubt about it. Yeah, that's true. The Islanders are not lighting it up right now. And of course, beaten by Calgary. Uh, as well over the weekend, uh, the New York Islanders. That was a Islanders. weird game. That yeah. game was weird. Third period, they just got dominated. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think it's time we stop giving the Islanders credit for being this great defensive team. Mm-hmm. You know, their defensive game has declined this year, and it's really declined lately. You know, and goaltending from Sorokin and Varlamov, that combination hasn't been consistent either. So a uh, lot of issues with the Islanders. So, you know, that was a good, good win for Edmonton, but a struggling team. Uh, still, uh, San Jose struggling too. So, th- like I say, th- I think this is winnable for the Oilers. We'll see if they can get it done tonight in the Shark Tank uh, against San Jose. Uh, great stuff with Andrew. And we had our uh, guys, uh, Alex and Jimmy, with us earlier. They're having some technical issues. Alex, laptop, bad cell reception on the road, traveling for Jimmy. But that's okay. They joined us for a little bit. We appreciate it. Uh, and we will be uh, hoping to see them the rest of the week. We're hoping to see you guys not only the rest of the week on the show. We've got, by the way, special guest former uh, pro hockey player Danny Ehrman joining us Thursday on the Ice Guys. We're looking forward to that. He's from Minnesota, same state as, uh, or he's living in Minnesota, same state as Alex right now. Uh, looking forward to that. He'll join us Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern uh, on the Ice Guys. And we're looking forward on Tuesday to our next BetCast, 7 p.m. Eastern. We announced it over the weekend. 
we really don't have to announce anything moving forward with that. You're going to know where every Tuesday, the rest of the season, we plan on having a bet cast. So uh, we're looking forward to it tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to join me, Andrew, Alex, Jimmy, and all of us on the live stream, on the live bet cast as we're doing the show, send a DM to any one of us and we'll send you the StreamYard link before the bet cast begins. And we'll make sure we get you on the stream. We're looking forward to it. It's great. If you watch the one we did two weeks ago on that Tuesday night, it's just us kicking back, shooting the breeze commenting on the games keeping everybody up to date we're announcing oh this team scored and we're placing our live bets we got a booze and a drinks in hand uh just chatting it up it's just a lot of fun it's like a pub and bar atmosphere on the web tuning into yeah. our live betcast that's the best we're just part. hanging out we are we're just hanging out enjoying the games and we had a great turnout of uh, guests uh two weeks ago so uh looking forward to that the next Ice Guys BetCast, and we'll be doing them every Tuesday night moving forward, including tomorrow night, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, right here on the Ice Guys YouTube channel. So join us for that, uh, for sure. Uh, all right, before we uh, get to our best bets, um, Andrew, I mean, we briefly uh, commented on the Super Bowl. Uh, how was the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, of course. You know, close game. Um, you know, you hate to hear... First of all, just the two narratives about the OBJ injury—you just hate to hate to see that—and um, then you hate to see what you know the the flags, um, the probably the missed call on C. Higgins' face mask there. Um, you know, then you see him actually getting held himself. That doesn't get called, and then a bunch of flags go get called the last two minutes of the game, and so that kind of sucked to see that happen. I'd love to see a game not be decided in any way like that, but hey, there you got to call what you got to call um either way a great game for me betting wise uh would have been a good night without without odell beckham jr yeah. getting injured i, I was pretty the night those props yeah. receptions and receiving yards yeah yep. yeah so i was pretty strong on him uh mixing was one of my favorite plays actually um joe mixing at the receiving and he didn't really uh do too well with that um but i did say that uh, it would be a you know settled within a field goal or you know i think i thought the Bengals would cover but the rams would win and that's what happened. So what about you? I mean, good game. Um, honestly, questionable play calling on that, that for the Bengals. I'll be real with you. I was cheering for the Bengals, the, the underdog. And I just thought it was such an anticlimactic ending. Very, very weird ending. Like they had, what was it? Second and one or third and one. They had three tries, I believe, to get one yard and they couldn't do it. Yeah. And they leave Joe Mixon on the sideline and put Pirine in there. I just don't understand. Like, it's just... yeah, when he's been running, I know he's a short yardage type of running back, but Mixon's been the one that's been doing the damage. And that was the shocking part. The Bengals were not supposed to be able to run the ball against the great Rams uh, defense, but they did. And the Rams were supposed to be able to run the ball against the somewhat suspect at times Bengals run defense, and they couldn't for a yeah. large part of that game until finally Cam Akers got a big carry for like five or six yards which was actually one of their high watermark carries of the night on that drive where they scored the game winning touchdown. You yeah. know, other than that, they didn't run the football. And I liked at times the way Ron Torbert, the referee and that crew officiated the game that they let the physicality go and they let it go for three and a half quarters. And there was a big scuffle and fracas on the sideline. They were pushing and shoving. Donald was getting into it and they didn't throw any flags at all. They just warned both team players on both teams and said, you know, get it out of your system now. Don't do it again, or maybe we will throw flags. But they let it go. I thought everything they did, that crew, for three and a half, three and three quarters of the fourth quarter was great. And then all of a sudden, these 
hold little holding penalties right on that final drive. I didn't love that. Mm. All right. I just did not love that. I think the first one was not a good call. The one that was the second one, Apple on Cup, was clear as day. You have to call Of course, that. yeah, of course. That one definitely was a penalty. But I just didn't like that, you know, we started to get those flags on that all-important drive that the Rams had. When up until that point, Ron Torbert and his crew had done a terrific job. And they had let things go, and they let some of the physicality go. And they were consistent on both sides up until that point uh, as well. Uh, but uh, at the end, it got a little dicey, you know, with what we saw from uh, some of the officiating for sure. Uh, no question. The last uh, two, three minutes of that game were a uh, bit of a blemish on what would, had been a great officiated game uh, for Ron Torbert and his crew uh, up until that point. But uh, another good Super Bowl. I uh, cashed a few props, you know, a few plus prices as well. So that was good. Odell first touchdown was great. Uh, over two and a half players to have a pass attempt at plus 160. Uh, that was good. We had uh, Mixon over. That was a cool play, actually. That was a cool play. Mixon. It was. Yeah, it yeah. was great play design and perfect throw. I mean, Joe Mixon certainly had Cooper Cup beat in terms of the quarterbacks <laughs> throwing the football. Jeez, uh, sailed yeah, that one right over his head. Yeah, stick to catching the ball if you're Cooper Cup, <laughs> and which he's amazing at, by the way. And how fitting that he scores the game-winning Super Bowl-winning touchdown. Amazing season, well-deserved uh, MVP award as well for uh, Cooper Cup. All right, we'll get to best. I forgot bet. about that. That actually yeah. cracks me up. He sailed that over Stafford's head like ten feet. Yeah. I know it was not, not even close. Like it was out of bounds. There's no <laughs> way anyone was going to catch that football. Uh, just yeah. uh, that's why I say it's a great receiver. Obviously, not so good throwing the football. Uh, yeah. Cooper Cup, but a uh, good, se- good Super Bowl. Another NFL season in the books. But we're going to talk about DraftKings Sportsbook now. That doesn't mean there's not other sports going on. There's tons. There's hockey. There's basketball, and we'll talk about basketball here. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. Uh, we're talking between the legs, 360 degree windmill. Good new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, it's that simple. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Twenty Must be 21 years of age or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right. It is best bets time to wrap up the show here for a Monday. Uh, Andrew, since it's down to just the two of us, uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's rock and roll with uh, Leafs team total over three and a half goals. All right, Toronto team total over three and a half. Uh, best bet here for uh, Andrew McGinnis tonight. Uh, my best bet is going to be Detroit, Minnesota. Uh, we're going to go over six, minus 120 uh, in that game. I like it. Uh, I think we'll get there. Detroit's actually trended over lately. Uh, they're going to give up goals in bunches. They had a hard time at keeping the Flyers of all teams off the board uh, in those two games. Imagine Minnesota tonight at home. But I think the Red Wings good enough offensively to find the back of the net at least a couple times as well. Uh, we'll go with Red Wings Wild over six for my best bet for this Monday card. And that'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us live on YouTube. Hit the like button 
uh, on the way out. Make sure you do that. We appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday. Double dose of the Ice Guys, our regular daily show at 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. And then it's the BetCast tomorrow night, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time for a nine-game slate in Tuesday night NHL action. So excited for a double shot of the Ice Guys tomorrow on Tuesday, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.